It is a happy new year, ain't it? Ain't it's, it? A, it's a new year. It's a new episode. It's new the year, same old us. Uh, new year, new season, season two. This is episode 20, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought. Wow. When we, when we started this, I assumed by the time we got to this point, both of us would be exhausted. Like we What? Like, oh, this is a Why lot. are you underestimating our abilities? <laughs> because I... I I really believe that we would both be like, oh, this is just so much work. It's just too uh, hard. Well, it yeah. is a lot of work, but we like doing it. So That's true. Um, we promise you this year, our New Year's resolutions for the podcast is to be more consistent. We have some things in the works. I don't want to say what they are because then y'all going to hold us to it. And maybe right. that's what we need to do, honestly. Right. But right. Um, we're just so excited to have you guys with us on this journey 20 episodes next episode our podcast can drink <laughs> you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying all right y'all y'all i know why y'all are here so we're gonna get to the the reason why y'all are here we bringing back the show as we always yes, original do. format right let's start with our hyper good nights this week in hyper good nights and, and listen man this isn't even we haven't done this in so long that we almost had to do post-mortem hyper good nights from 2017 to yeah, not. Yeah, we have some old topics that nobody cares about anymore. <laughs> right, but I mean, you got to talk, you got to talk about it. Yeah. But let's start with a hot one. This one is very recent as of a day or two ago. H&M had to release an apology around <laughs> a black boy sporting a coolest monkey in the jungle t-shirt. He was modeling it for one of their ads online, specific to their UK online store. And so they came back and released a statement saying that specifically, they uh, did not realize that this would affect so many people. And uh, they they deemed him a, a, a sweet little boy and they did not want to, to be any kind of You mentioned he was black, right? I, yes. Okay, just making yes. sure. He was a so, black boy wearing a Coolest Monkey sweatshirt. Yes. So, Avia, you start with you. Okay. Hyper good night to their apology. Of All course right. I'm good. I'm going to good night that. Like, y'all already know by now. I'm, I'm so not for the... I feel guilty. Oh no, we're gonna lose clientele. Let's apologize and save face. I, I'm so not about that. And for anyone who wants to come to the defense of H and M and be like, oh, but they're in Sweden and they're Swedish based and they don't know about racism. Um, yes, they do. These are the same European countries that throw bananas at football players. Football being soccer, black football players, because they're taunting them with their racist antics. So for you to even say they're not aware of black uh, or racism against black people or people of, of, a, of a darker hue or whatever the case is, the history runs too deep for the ignorance to be this bold at this point. And I have to say, I'm gonna I'm a good night this and I have to good night myself because just yesterday I went to H&M and I did not know about this story. And I purchased some things and now I'm just like, wow, I feel really bad about this. 
this, but I will, I will say this much, and I'm again, I'm not defending. Uh, I'm not gonna defend H and M at all on this. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't want to goodnight them from a marketing perspective. I don't, because what are you to do when you put out something that can be deemed racially insensitive? Like you of have to. Of course, you apologize, but right. then it's like. So, so I don't want to goodnight them for that, but I will goodnight them for in this cl- climate because we're in the we're in the U.S. They're in Sweden, so they don't they. I can a hundred percent imagine them not understanding why that would be wrong. I could see it. I could see why they wouldn't get it right away. I could see it. However, it's unfortunate that that little boy that that's going to stick with him forever because things online don't go away. It's just there. I'm more hurt for him than anything else because things like this happen all the time, all over the goddamn place. But that little boy is going to have to live with that image of himself forever. I think, I think if anything, the little boy is going to live with the image of how they have been changing the image online. And they put a crown in place of those words. And they put a crown on his head. Oh, shout out and to Chris Classic Chris, for that. Chris Classic, shout out to you shout for, to for that Classic. artwork and putting shame in, in the place of H&M because that's honestly what's going to live on more than what was there originally. I think if anything, it's it's just going to be that. And but, but so this is where I was going to go with this, though. This isn't the first time something's happened with H&M. Like when they originally opened up their flagship store in South Africa, mm-hmm. they'd only really had white models that were uh, a part of not only the advertising campaigns that they were re- releasing there, but also a part of all of the overall retail store, like all the imagery was just white people. And if there is nothing that you guys don't know, I just I just got back from South Africa a month ago. Everywhere you go in South Africa, you are, it is a rarity to see a white person in an advertisement in South Africa. Oh. It is a rarity. You we do, that is not a, a yeah, that is not point. a thing that you're gonna, that there is a very there's a it's a very sensitive culture to stuff like that. Good. So at the point that you're using white people, they're going to let you know, no 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 no. Who 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 are you trying to sell to here? So I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying that that's right. All all I'm saying is H&M is known for not understanding the room. They're not always aware. I just want to make one point on this, and I just want to say that it's it's interesting when things happen because I think there's there's a lot of fake outrage. Like I've mm-hmm. seen things online where people are like, "Ban H and M, don't buy from them, buy from Black Owned." What are you gonna buy? Fubu? Like like? Oh, like, why no. you do that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That, like, come on, now. we do have some Black Owned there brands. So many, there's a lot there, of boutique there brands. There's a lot right, of like underground brands, sure, but like for basics and stuff. I don't know who's real, who's a black owned brand that's doing not expensive basics. Like, can you name one? I can't. It's not Uniqlo. It's not Gap. It's not Target. Hanes. It's not any of them. So my thing is, everyone's doing this whole fake outrage thing now. They're like, oh, man, H and M. I'm not I'm, gonna buy from them again. I don't believe it. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's something that I would hope that our audience that are listening would come back to us with. References. Yes, if, if you, you know of have, any, please if, let us know. Cause if you see something, say something. They ain't gonna be in H and M this week, but next month they will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next topic. Um, which 
H and M. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have a good night. Good night, y'all. But not for the apology. Just in general, that was just stupid. Bad taste. All right. Uh, moving right along. This one, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really e- extremely happy about this. Erin Jackson, who's a black woman, uh, becomes the first black woman to qualify for speed skating Olympics. And I don't even know why, but I'm throwing this in the hyper good night category because black girl magic is always something I like to showcase. And I'm I want to start with this Go personally. Ahead. I'm I'm giving her the biggest hype that you could possibly get because for somebody to be working on a craft for less than six months and having never done it. That says volumes. The fact that you can qualify something, qualify for something and never having done it other than less than six months in your life. That gives, it just gives me chills because I'm like, we really as a culture can do anything we put our minds to. We genuinely can. It is society a lot of times that is the reason why we don't put ourselves in positions to try things. Not that we aren't capable. We just don't put ourselves in positions to try. And I think speed skating, ice skating, and things of that nature, we've kind of just swayed away from ice in general. We're like, ooh, iceberg? Ain't that what killed the Titanic? <laughs> Go on out. <laughs> we, we like, nah, we ain't gonna do that. Like, we watch, no, but in, in all seriousness, you watch Cool Runnings and how long ago that was, how often do you see uh, black people bobsledding, though. Like, in all honesty, how often do you, how many black people do you see involved with the Winter X Games? It's just not something that we in ourselves are putting ourselves in positions to be a part of. But a part of it is it costs a lot of money to not only train for these things, but to actually put your kids through the process of learning it and being great at it. So. <sighs> And you have to live in the cold, and a lot of black people don't like cold weather. Well, you don't have to live in the cold to do what she did. You can just be near a local ice game. I'm saying in terms of the overall winter game. Not in terms of that, but that's... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Right, right, right is the new yeah, yeah, yeah for 2018. Get with it. Okay. (laughs) I mean, what do you got? Oh, I'm definitely hyping this. Oh, why would I ever get night this? (laughs) The thing that crosses my mind is, okay, this, this girl got on skates. She's she's she tried this out for the first time four months ago. So clearly this is a natural talent. Um, but I mean to shit on the girls that have been doing this their whole life. <laughs> Damn, bruh. Like, I would hate to be that girl that's that's been training like seven days a week for the last seven years, and this girl gets on the ice and beats me at my own game. Like that's just embarrassing. Aaron Jackson was like, I'm the new Serena. But you know what I think, though? I feel like, like you said, if we as a black community were more exposed to these different kinds of sports and different outlets, like, think about it. This girl is probably fast as hell on a track. I, I, fast yeah. as hell on a track. And she's like, hmm, let me get on some skates. And then she's like, wait. All I got to do is add some skates, and now I can beat these girls that have been training for seven years. No, no, because I'm thinking to myself, what if Flojo and Jackie Joyner-Kersey had tried this out? Imagine that. All they had to do was add skates to their routine, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, a star is born. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? I really, I really. I mean, it does take a skill to to skate and, 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 you know, Turn corners and it does. It does, but I'm just saying that if they, if Jackie Joyner Kersey got on some skates 
and in four months' time, you know she would have been in the but same position. But this is position. what I'm saying, like Serena Williams. Serena Williams really, in my opinion, could play any damn sport if she wanted to. Mm. She is, in my opinion, that skilled. I would want her on my powder puff league. <laughs> So Serena, Serena is one push up away from beating every guy up I know too. She's like, oh, you want some of this? <laughs> I wonder can she do one hand push ups? I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm sure she can. She could do anything. That's Serena Williams. <laughs> All right, next topic. So something happened. Uh, I want to say last week Wednesday actually, and it is one of the few things that I can say that. It was polarizing on black Twitter yet again. I don't know why this is polarizing. And I, it shouldn't be polarizing. It should be praised, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. we'll see how we, we'll see where you go with that. Okay. Uh, the Shea Moisture founder, Mr. Dennis, acquired Essence from Time, Inc. Now, Time, Inc. didn't sell... Uh, they didn't sell Essence magazine um, when they actually sold off the rights to uh, this other uh, venture capitalist firm. But... It did have uh, Essence out there on the market, and as you guys know, recently Shea Moisture was acquired by uh, Unilever, and uh, honestly, people were bashing him when he allowed for that to happen, but here is where I'm going to hype the hell out of him doing all of this. There is three major things that came out of him doing this, in my opinion. One, once he was purchased uh, by Unilever, which he still has 50% stake in. Right, which is but, huge. Right. Once he was purchased by Unilever, that means that they've given him uh, money that he can play with, that he can do other things with. Mm-hmm. How else do you expect somebody to expand their brand? And this goes right back to the conversation me and you had initially when we talked about Shea Moisture. How do you expect somebody to expand their brand if they don't have more money coming in he just got a lump sum of money he's like let me go do something that is expanding the overall brand it's no longer going to be just dabbling in women's products it is using something that's global reach like literally that magazine is in i believe 16 countries that's a lot and if you use the global reach of that thing which now they're they they have the Essence Festival has transitioned to South Africa and they're potentially thinking about expanding it to other markets. Imagine how much you could do with your Shea Moisture brand branding itself alongside Essence everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like imagine, like he's doing things that are bigger than his initial goal. You have to respect that. Um, secondarily, he's still leaving the leadership the way that it is. So, uh, Miss E. Banks in her position is still going to be the president and running it. And I think that's awesome. And she even released a statement, and this is kind of the third tier of it. And I got, I got to find that statement. She basically, uh, Michelle, Michelle E. Banks ended up coming out and saying, where is it? Where is the statement? Oh, oh, here it is. She said, um... Essence will focus on expanding its digital business and continue to plant its rich content in more global markets, uh, i.e. Durban, South Africa, etc. She went further to say this goes a long way to show truly that black women 
can be in business leadership positions and ownership positions and this elevates us further i'm so i was like I almost turned into one of the black women that be leading all the fucking news stuff. Yes, I got all extra happy for them. I was like, "You right, you right." Um, I, nobody should shit on him for this. So at the point that Twitter was still coming for his neck, like, ah, oh, nah, you canceled. What? Nah, I'm using Shea Moisture anyway. This is like, called what? fake outrage. Anyway, go I feel for like it. a lot of this stuff is just fake outrage. Like people are mad for a second and then they forget. <laughs> and then they're like, girl, I need some leave-in. Oh, all I got is shade moisture. All right, just get it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> just like, but you were mad two months ago. Um, I, I'm down for the OPP. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I work in media, so I know that when it comes to publications, the digital space is taking over and magazines are becoming extinct. And I think it's really cool that we're having someone who is black revive our black publication instead right. of leaving it to someone who's going to change the whole scope of what it's about. Um, there's a lot of magazines that have folded in the last year, and we don't want Essence to be one of them. Um, I'm the type of person, I love a magazine. I love turning pages. I love looking at pictures. I'm also into the whole digital magazine thing, but... I can't stop, but I can't help but to stop and think about a time where we had a lot of black publications that we don't have anymore. Right. There was this particular one that I loved when I was in college. It was called Suede Magazine. Black publication came out quarterly, had the prettiest images, the best creative um, directing, the best shoots, nicest colors. It was vibrant. It was like a work of art. Like you would never want to tear a page out of that magazine. And I feel like this is what Essence can become. And, you know, I think that Essence has, the people that read Essence are like not in our generation. And maybe he's going to make it so that it appeals to a wider generation. Not to mention... I can't imagine what that discount is going to be looking like when he wants to put a Shea Moisture ad in there. <laughs> like, he hasn't made, like, he made he made the moves pretty, pretty damn well. And anyone who's mad over it, like, were you using Shea Moisture like that anyway? Because I feel like there's people that use Shea Moisture and there's people that don't. And a lot of naturals do not. So I don't understand why they'd be mad in the first place because they're not even contributing to the the, the growth of the product anyway. So for real, for real, fake for real. outrage. For real, um, that might end up being a new category for us. The fake outrage for category. Real. It's ooh, too much ooh, of that. Tw- like, Eighteen fake outrage. Calm your jets, man. Not you, them. No, that's cool. <laughs> All right, next subject in the hyper good nights. Um, I don't know if, if you guys aren't really uh, hip hop heads, maybe you haven't heard of this show, but uh, DJ Academics, who is a YouTube uh, YouTube influencer <laughs> and slash hip hop uh, negotiator oh, okay. is what he calls himself. Oh. Um, he is almost like a, an investigator of all things hip hop, and he does small videos on it. Him and Joe Budden, Joe Budden's a rapper, by the way. Had a show on Complex called Everyday Struggle. Now, if you guys don't know, we're going to be filling you in on news that you shouldn't know. Um, Joe Button has recently been uh, excurted off the premises from for Everyday Struggle. Meaning, not premises. actually taken off or walked away from, but... 
They couldn't reach an agreement on his contract, but the show must still go on. So Academics is still there, Nadeska is still there, who is their female co-host. Um, and they've been having fill-in guests come in and do Joe's part. Um, I I can take on this because oh. I, I, I genuinely want to do the Hyper Good Night on this. So I want to say I'm really hyped for Joe leaving the show. And here's why. Understanding the background of why Joe left is, to me, the smart one of those smart business decisions that i feel like pe people who are outside of the business world just don't understand joe button got into it with complex specifically because complex um they they were doing something that most advertising agencies do actually to be honest when you work for an advertising agency as a creative person any idea that you come up with is the agency's idea. You don't own the idea, right? And so anytime they're using your talents or your creative ability, they get to have that. You don't. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. When it comes down to those creative people that work at agencies, agencies try to milk them for as much as they possibly can get out of them. Like, all, of, give me all the content ideas you have. So it'll be like, oh, it's coming from this agency. Blah. Well, in this case, Spotify reached out to Complex and said, hey, we want Joe and Academics to create a playlist and then do commentary on the playlist. Mm -hmm. Great. That's a very good opportunity to spread more awareness about the brand. And that's a very good uh, opportunity for Complex to make more profit. It, it works both ways. So Spotify is willing to pay them for that. Spotify is giving, willing to sign that and negotiate that. But Joe says, well, actually, that's not something I signed up to do. And if you guys want me to do it, you got to pay me to do it because that's outside of my, of my job. Right. But they're like, no, we have you for a set amount of hours. But you have me for a set amount of hours. To do this but thing. But you don't control what I do within those hours. Right. You have me to do this thing. You don't have me to do these outside things. Outside things means outside money. And if we're giving, if we're giving, if we're going to do outside and get outside money, then I should be getting portions of that and so should my partner. That's reality. Because that's how that should work. Like, I need to profit off of this the same way you guys are. People are coming here to hear me. They're not coming here to hear complex. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Complex said, uh, no, you're just going to do this. Joe's like, uh, no, I'm not. No. So when he says no, they go back to Spotify. They're like, we don't need him to do this. We'll just have academics do it. Spotify says, we don't want just academics doing this. <laughs> that just, what? We don't that's, want. We don't do That's not academics. the show. So that is one of the first things that started the riff. And then they've been in contract negotiations for almost eight to nine months. And again, another business part about this. Academics hadn't been discussing his um, contract because he's new to all this stuff. Joe has Joe's, Joe's lawyer Joe's up. Leverage. Right. A well-known figure. Right. So Joe is taking on this whole experience in a completely different way. And so for Joe, he's like, I know how much I'm worth. I know how much this content is worth. I created this show alongside my partner. I don't actually need you to take it over. Charlemagne reaches out to them to find out what's going on. Charlemagne says, hey, man, you guys could potentially take the show to Revolt if you wanted to. I'll make the call to Diddy. 
Charlie makes a call to Diddy. Diddy links up with Joe. Joe says, okay, what are the numbers looking like? Diddy sends them over the numbers. He sends the numbers to Ack. Academics is like, whoa, this is more money than we've ever made before, ever. But they didn't reach a deal. So Academics now has leverage when he's talking to Complex about how much money he's willing to be paid. Because if not, I'll bounce and I'll be right. on Diddy's side. Right. I appreciate that because it's real business. It's a rarity when somebody's that honest, that transparent, and it never comes out that way. So I wanted to get that story out because I thought it was really interesting. And I'm very hyped for Joe for standing his ground and saying, I'm not going to do this show if you guys are going to pay me what I'm owed. Mm. There you go. Wow. I just want to read three tweets from, from Joe Budden around this time. Because <laughs> okay. Complex tried to make it seem like he was on paternity leave because <laughs> since Santana, his baby mother, lover, girlfriend, Joe, give me my Chipotle. Give me my Chipotle, Erica. Like, she basically had dropped their baby. <laughs> Not literally, but she had their baby, and they were trying to make it seem like he was on paternity leave, which is why he was not on the show. Joe said, I am not on paternity, and they should stop using my three-day-old child to mask internal chaos. Thanks. He also said, they didn't give me a proper goodbye either. Injustice. In the last tweet, I created that show. I'll create another if need be, and another, and another. It's when you can't create that you move without integrity. Bars. Um, yeah, for real. Big facts, Joe. Instill the, instill, you know, instill that confidence within other people. Like, I'm definitely hyped for this. Um, I the the times that I even watched the show, I wasn't watching it for academics, really. <laughs> and I don't really know how many people were honestly. Like, they were good together, but separately, like people watch Joe by himself. Joe. Jo- Joe jo- is con- What is his name from uh, American Idol? The, the rude guy. Simon. From He's Kyle. Simon, basically. Like, Joe... Okay, so from from what I know about Joe from Love and Hip Hop, and sorry I have to reference that grade A quality show, um, he has the gift of gab. And I've seen him True. with the gift of gab when it comes to his women, when it comes to people, when it comes to breaking up fights, when it comes to starting a fight. He's very good at talking. And he has a very compelling voice. And I feel like... Radio, podcast, anything where he's talking is his forte. So like he said, he'll find other things. Like he doesn't need them. I think once he saw that check from Diddy, he's like, wait, what? Yeah. The grass is greener on the other side. I'm about to go there. (laughs) So definitely hype for that. I'm always hype for someone knowing their worth. Man, I feel the same way. All right. We can move right along to the next segment. It's 2018. We're bringing back one of my favorite segments of all time, Black Card Revoked. And this Black week. Black Card Revoked. <laughs> this week, it is my turn for Black Card Revoked. Avia, every time I do a Black Card Revoked, I have to take a deep breath because I know man. I'm going to offend some people. <laughs> I know That's I'm going to make do. some people feel uncomfortable. But mine is a movie that was released in 1997. Okay. There was a movie that came out in 1997 that, in my opinion, is one of the most overrated films of all time. Not only is it one of the most overrated films of all time, but it's one of the most overrated films in all of black film. Um, a lot of people were talking about how great the acting in this film is and how many great actors and actresses there are in this movie and how it changed a genre, which 
get the fuck out of here is what I want to say to that. Um, essentially, this movie ends up being the only time said director ever makes a film. I'm so confused right this, now. I can't even guess who you're about to say. Th- this movie is an American romantic drama film called Love Jones. Oh. It is <laughs> the it is one of the worst uh, movies I've ever seen. Wow. And yet every black person I know is on this movie's nuts. Do y'all understand? I moved to New York and found out there are literally groups of people who watch this movie annually as a get together. (laughs) I said, what the fuck is going on? Am I the only one in New York that thinks this is a trash ass movie? (laughs) And and literally, y'all got old dog trying to play a poet. No, nigga, go back. Stop it. Stop it. I'm sitting at the table. With Stop. a mic in front of my face. Stop! Like, I don't want to hear none of this. I don't want to hear none of this. It costs $10 million to make the... Wait a minute. The Let me get this right. It cost $10 million pouring. to make this movie. It made $12 million. That should tell you something. Nobody Man, so was really checking... Everyone got paid $4 after taxes. <laughs> That's crazy. Nobody was really checking for this movie when it came out well, at the movie. $2 million was a lot back then, wasn't it? <laughs> no. no. Nobody was really checking for that movie when it came out at the movies. However, it But it they does checking now, for it when it's on DVD. It does now have a cult following. It now, does. So I have to let that rock. That it does have a cult following. But that movie, oh my God. It is... It is awful. But shout out to... Shout out to... Nia Long for doing her thing. Shout out to Lorenz Tate for doing his thing. Shout out to Bill Bellamy because that's when Bill was at his apex. That's so sad. Um, <laughs> he was at his apex 20 years ago. And I say a Washington. Like, nice. again, this is supposed to have a very superb black cast. And for the most part, it hits all those things out of the park. But, man, you, you're trying to convince me that the poetry market is this strong? Mm. Man, if you don't... Man, the rain beats harder on my window. Now, don't get it twisted. <laughs> I need an umbrella. One of my one of my boys in New York City is a poet, and this man is amazing. He is amazing at poetry, and he's great at speaking in front of large people. I mean, large groups of people. He is great at writing in general. But I can tell you, based on all the experiences I've been around him, his life is nothing like that. It's better. <laughs> It's a lot better. Someone knocks at my door. But all in all to say, if y'all want to take my black card away for this, go for it. Please take off a stamp for my blackness. I don't want to answer. God. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should I respond? If you can respond, if you won't. (laughs) Yo. I was, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I'm like, please don't let this be something that I have not seen. Um, I have a lot of friends who are like you, and Love Jones is like their number one movie, and they're like to the point where they're like, if you don't love Love Jones, then we're not going to work out. Like, then they, we ain't going like, to work like, out. I have, like, I have... Friends who are looking for the Lorenz Tate in their life, oh, and friends who are looking for that Neil Long. 
Come on. I will say this. Come Lawrence. on, Avia. Nobody's ever said this to you. What? Nobody's ever said, I'm looking for this the ruin the ruin. No, no care. one says that out loud, but you can tell that they they mirror themselves after these characters. Like, oh, that's so me. I'm this emo. I'm this emotional person who needs to get my thoughts out on the mic and I'm so deep and I need someone who who matches my soul and okay. Soulmates, the whole soulmate idea. It's disturbing me so Okay, much. so listen. It's a new year. It's a new episode. It's the same us, but there's one little thing. This is the first time in the history of Black Car Revoked I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I so agree. <laughs> and that's why I couldn't really say nothing because I'm like, go ahead, just... Just speak my mind right now. <laughs> You're probably going to say some things I didn't even realize I felt about the movie. It's alright. It's alright at best. Okay, I have to say, I saw Love Jones late. I saw Love Jones like maybe 12 years after it came out. Probably, I don't know, it was probably even longer. And people were so surprised when I told them I had never seen it. I'm like, okay, well, let me watch this movie that everyone is just hyping up so much. And when I watched it, and it was on TV, I didn't go and do anything extra to get it. I was just like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, it's just very, it's very one note, you know? Hello. It's very one note. Hello. Like, poetic justice is like this, that's poetic justice. I was about to say something about poetic justice. Love Jones is very much like poetic justice when Janet Jackson is depressed. And it just carries that note the whole movie. Like I like Poetic Justice because there's Tupac, there's a there's you know Regina King, there's a lot of other characters that add vibrancy to the movie. But to me, Love Jones is the equivalent, if that's a word, if it's not whatever, of Janet Jackson in her depressed mode in Poetic Justice. Like it's just very one note. It's very like somber. Like I feel like it appeals to the emo types that are just so deep no one is deep enough to figure them out like what is high what is higher what is higher learning, learning? Like, yeah, sit your yeah. ass down. what is it <laughs> so we still don't know what it is even after all oh, these questions man. no I, I totally agree with you God. I totally agree with you. I had to get it's that not even system. in my if, if I had a top 10 list of black movies which I think we should have an episode on that oh really Oh, Lawrence is all about, we need to do the listicles. We need to do the listicles. Don't, I don't hate that word. I don't, don't know why. We're going to do listicles, guys. Cause yeah. Well, I don't know how many months ago that Just is. Just know right. that Love Jones is not going to be on any of our listicles. Hell no. <laughs> Hell it's no. a don't. <laughs> <laughs> Snap to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now to the main topic. <laughs> I, I can't, it feels so weird when we're like on the same page. Like, it's just I'm, weird. I'm here for this, man. I'm so not used to this feeling. Like, I'm ah. here for this, man. I'm here it's, for this. It, I feel a little warm and hey, fuzzy hey. inside. It's it's an odd feeling. Maybe it's the Love Jones hitting you. There oh, it is. That's what it is. All right. Uh, now on to the main topic. I'm gonna let Avia take the take the reins on this because she she knows this better than I do. Give it. Talk All about right. it. So. I don't know if it was a, a month ago or so, but there was a report that came out 
And if you're familiar with anything when it comes to the entertainment industry or entertainment reporting, Kat Sadler, who worked for E! and she was on the current show Daily Pop, decided to leave her job. And for anyone who pays attention to this type of news, it was a big deal. Because Kat Sadler had been at E! for 12 years. And I told Lauren, she's like the Matt Lauer of E! Like when you think of E! you think of her, in a good way. Um, she was at E! for about 12 years. She started in 2005, 2006, and she started on the show The Daily Ten. From The Daily Ten, she went on to E! News. And from E! News, she went on to live with from E! And those were two shows that happened uh, simultaneously as award show seasons were happening. And then E! decided to create a new show called The Daily Pop early last year, where her and her um, cohorts, I guess I could say, would talk about celebrity issues. And it was more of a talk show, podcasty type format where they would not only talk about things that are happening in the celebrity world, but they right. would give their own spin on how they felt about it. And it was a very opinionated show and she worked a lot of long hours. And people ask, well, why did she leave E? She had put out a statement and it alluded to the fact that she found out she was not getting paid the same as her male coworker, Jason Kennedy. Jason Kennedy worked at E about the same amount of time as Kat, maybe a couple months longer. He was on The Daily 10 with her. He was on E! News, and he was also on Live from E! Right. He was not on The Daily Pop, which is the, the recent show that came out uh, last year. So that's one less show that he's done, uh, that he's done, that she's done. Um, and so when I looked this story up, I did a little digging, and it came out that Kat Sattler was making 600K. Which okay. to any one of us, we're like, we'll gladly take it. How right. dare you walk away from that? Right. Jason Kennedy was making one million to one point two million for doing the same, if not less, than Kat Sattler. So basically, this became a story about gender inequality in the workplace. And E News came back with a statement that said. Um, we do not condone gender, gender inequality. They're basically saying that was not the case in this situation, and they wished Kat on her merry way. And for a mother of two, a single mother of two at that, for her to walk away from something like that, not knowing what her next move was going to be or if she was going to have a next move, I feel like that was a very ballsy decision. I feel like it was obvious, obvious case of gender inequality. And I commend her for that. And I felt like that's something that we should discuss when it comes to the workplace. How do you find your worth? What do you do when you realize you're not being compensated for what you think you are worth? I, I'll say this much. <clears throat> I was proud of seeing women stand up for her at the Golden Globes. Like, honestly. I, I didn't actually watch the Golden Globes. Oh, I okay. saw... <laughs> no, but I saw every single clip mm -hmm. that came out of actresses on the red carpet talking to E! News 
slamming E News, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable because ultimately it, it's it's slapping the hand that's at that point feeding you because the more the more eyeballs that see you, the more you could potentially put yourself out there and get paid more money. And to just be like, yeah, no, E, we we're not really feeling you for what you guys did. Essentially, one of the one of the women came out, and I think it was Deborah Messing. Yes, and Deborah Messing pulled their card on the carpet, like, oh, um, I'm really disappointed that E News doesn't E doesn't believe in paying men and women the same. Mm-hmm. And of course, that that creates an awkward exchange where you don't really necessarily know where to go with the conversation after that, because now. It is, and I hate using this term because it's overused, it's political at that point. Mm -hmm. Because now you got to defend your brand if you're the person that's asking the question. And you can't because you got producers in your ear like, oh, just ask ask anything. Ask about the sky. Ask them what kind of dress they're wearing. Right. (laughs) Um, And ultimately, I think it's up to women to stand up to men in these situations because patriarchy is real it is but it's also up to men to call this stuff out if they know it's happening say something I think, I think it's interesting because i read this report on fader that said that in iceland they had passed legis- legislation that basically made it illegal for women and men to get paid differently based off of doing the same job so it was illegal for for men to get paid more than women for doing the same job. Um, and it also said that Iceland has been ranked best in the world for gender equality by the World Economic Forum for nine years in a row. So if there's any country that will set the standard for that, it's that. And you would hope that like America is seen as like this free place where all these opportunities arise for, for people that come from you know less fortunate places or third world countries and it's like in a way yes america is that place for them but for for people who were born and raised in america it's like we're still going through our own internal struggle yeah but i'll say this much i would not use iceland as a good example of anything iceland also went broke in 2008 like literally, are they going broke because they're they, paying men and women the same they they i'm not joking the <laughs> It went bankrupt as a whole. The like I, I can't you they were giving too much money away in general and they were bleeding money. So I can't really take anything that Iceland's doing seriously. But not saying that it's not a good idea to do that or call people out for it. But Iceland can't be the, the prime example when Iceland's just a complete debauchery when it comes down to finance. Well, I wonder how much of a deficit America would be in if they actually started paying women the same amount as men for doing the same thing. Considering that there's more women in our country anyway. Well, well, here, here's something that I looked up and I really wanted to have this conversation with you. In terms of demographics, how much of the population on human resources and talent acquisition do you think is men to women? What just, do you mean? Like, just think about this in general. The people that are hiring other people to be put into positions. They're mostly men. Who, who, wait a second. Talent acquisition isn't necessarily the person that is uh, 
the person that decides whether or not you get the job ultimately. But you're deciding who you're going to interview to be chosen for the job. Exactly. Okay. And I'm asking you, of the demographics, how what do you think the balance is in talent acquisition? I don't think there is a balance. I think that there's mostly men in a lot of departments, When it, if you want to talk about any department of any company. And if there's mostly men, men are not going to have a problem promoting more of their counterparts into positions that they want to see them in and whether or not they include women in, into that i'm sure they do but who are the people that are making these decisions on who's going to be getting this job mostly men so if, if you have a, a role that's up and you're part of talent acquisitions and you decide to pick the resumes of five men and three women women are already at a disadvantage in the beginning because they're women. That's you true. walk in with a vagina, you're already at a disadvantage, no matter what you're doing. That's just the way of the world. So you're already choosing less women to, to be seen for this particular role. So now five men are seen and three women are seen, and the people who are making these decisions on who's gonna be hired are probably majority men. What are the chances that they're gonna be choosing any one of those three women, even if they are more qualified than those men? Now, if they want to save the company some money, maybe they'll choose a woman because it's not like they have to pay them as much. Right? <laughs> you already know how that goes. So it, it's like everything becomes everything becomes about money. Let's save money, let's hire a woman. Or let's not let's not save money and hire a man, but at least we know that the man at any given moment won't have to take a three, four month maternity leave. So it's like, I feel like there's times where we just get punished for being who we are. And women are the ones who are creating the future leaders of America. Like we're actually birthing them out of our uteruses. And I feel like- We're not we, shooting them out of our uh, our little pee hole. We're not doing that? I mean, That's yeah, you guys doing. are doing that. But All right, who, I was are making you guys sure we had something baby? to do. Wait, I was making sure we, we had something to do. No, y'all have something to do okay. with it, but that's it. Your sure. job is done after that. <laughs> Is it really? I mean, until the baby is born, sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I just assumed who, there was some role. Who has to role. do all the work for 10 months after that? I there was some role that a guy played. No, you life. guys have a very important role, yes. All right, but for the next 10 months, sure. you could sit back and the baby will still be born, is what I'm saying. You cannot do anything for the rest of your life and the baby will still be born without you. Because of what we're doing for 10 months, carrying the baby, nurturing the baby, taking care of the baby, changing our whole lifestyle for the baby, having to call out sick, morning sickness, still showing up to work. It's like we get punished for being women. First, you're not even going to pay us the same as men for doing the same job. But then we have to go through things like having kids, birth, periods. <laughs> You'll never understand how it feels to have cramps and have to do your job and smile and grin and bear it like nothing's wrong. But but here's where I was trying to take that conversation, though. 74% of human resource managers are women. They know how much people are supposed to make. They know who they need to try to select to bring in for reviewing people. 
Like they get to make those decisions. A lot of these things, in my opinion, when it comes to work specific things, women can help themselves. And I don't know why they don't. Okay, so even if someone in human resources was a woman and she decides I'm going to call in the same amount of women to come in for this interview as men or maybe even more, the deciding factor at the end of the day is not up to her. So she can do as much as she can. Well, this is a, this is this to me is a, a larger than just that one part of it. Because when it comes down to pay, you can also hey, say, hey, I know you're asking for this, but really the range is this. The range discussion is even off the plate now in New York as of, I think, next this year sometime. You can't even discuss that anymore. Like, that's off the table because of the equality gap. But I think it's it's weird that you wouldn't prop up the other woman and say, hey, you've been making too little bit of money. You should be making No X. company is ever going to do that. No, but see, that's backwards. Because if you can help somebody, help them. But you, do you own this thing? Because nine times out of ten, you don't. Seriously. So who, at the end of the day, is in charge of the pay scale for someone who just who gets hired? Is it completely up to HR, or does the 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 department that's hiring the person also have some say? Because they have budgets as well. It so so, so here's the thing. HR works with management to dictate what that salary is. Before they ever start to find people. So when it comes down to how much you could possibly get paid, they've already had those discussions. So they know what peak is. They know what the extent of how much money you can possibly make. Why are they continually allowing women then in those situations to not make as much as they could peak wise? Okay. So that would be my question. We can we can talk about First getting a job and that person not being allotted the amount of salary that they deserve based off of their experience and what they bring to the table. But what I think of is a situation like that episode in Insecure where Molly was trying to get a raise mm-hmm. and she saw that her male co-worker was making more money. Got, a, got some sort of bonus somewhere down the line, even mm-hmm. though she's been doing everything, putting her blood, sweat, and tears into the company. And then when she tries to do the same thing, she's just hushed. Like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll gloss over it. Yeah, 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 sure. Present, present us your case. We'll, we'll take some time and look into this yeah. and act like they care. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, who's propelling themselves forward in their career? They could have started at the same exact place, but who is actually going further over time? The man. And and here here's where I was taking this conversation though. I have several friends that work in human resources, which is why I even brought the point up. Several. And all of them are women. And the one thing that they told me more than anything that women hurt themselves with is women don't even normally negotiate. Yeah, I've heard that. Majority I've definitely heard don't that. negotiate. They're like, oh, okay. I just want this job. Mm-hmm. But that means you're not owning your worth. You don't understand your worth. You need to fight for your worth in those situations. Why do you think women don't negotiate? 
I don't have the answer to that. Do you have like a? a I don't have the answer to that. I I'm, sure there, to I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's not one answer. No, either. I would love to understand from these women that my friends have interviewed why they don't. I don't have the answer to that because as a guy, I can tell you right now, if somebody who's been on multiple interviews has gotten multiple offers, I negotiate the hell out of my salary. That shit could take two, three days before we like agree on stuff because it's not just going to be a salary. It's like, what are my benefits? How many days do I get? All these things play into that. Do are you guys? How much are you guys going to pay in to my four hundred one k? Are you are you matching me? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, I need to know all those things before I sign a paper. I this is a question that I think of. I wonder how much knowing as a woman that you get paid less on the dollar than a man affects how you feel about your own self. So if you're going up for a position that another man is going up for, and you already know that at the end of the day, the chances of a man getting the position could be higher because that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I feel like sometimes women, and I don't want to generalize, but sometimes we think let's not be difficult because if a woman does the same thing as what? a man- What is that supposed to mean? How? What is difficult about a nego- Think, what? think about it. Think about it. Think about it. How many how many single how many single fathers do you know that actually have their kids full time? And how many single women do you know that have their kids full time? I don't know, but one single guy that has a kid full time. But do you think in one. our do you think in our country there's more single women that have their kids full time than men? Hell yeah. Okay. So imagine <sighs> Not even I'm, close. I'm just thinking of a I'm just thinking of a possible case. Imagine a single mom going in for a job that she really, really needs. And you know how hard it is to find a job. Well, I don't think you do because you're really good at finding jobs. But um, <laughs> but then again, you are a man. No, I'm like, oh, I'm kidding. Lawrence is flipping me off, but she's never done before. Oh, my gosh. I was kidding. Take a joke. Fix <laughs> it. <laughs> <So> sensitive. <laughs> Fix it, Ayala. <laughs> You are not doing your job. Um. So, anyways, <laughs> so I'm thinking of a scenario where there's a woman that has one kid, more than one kid, and she's taking care of them on her own, and she really needs their needs this job. Maybe this woman has not been in the workforce in a long time. Maybe she's not even sure if her skills are transferable to whatever she's applying for. There could be a lot of cases that can make someone feel really insecure about their position to the point where that affects what they do when faced with a question like, well, how much do you want to make? How will they even know? I mean, yeah, we have resources online to tell you how much you should be making in a position. <laughs> that glass like that, door. Glassdoor.com. Um, but think about someone who may have been out the workforce because maybe they were in a relationship and they were taking care of their kids and now all of a sudden they, they're going through a divorce and they have to work and they haven't done this in a long time. And at the end of the day, they just need that job because they can't go on another two weeks without having that job and not being able to provide for their kids. So when I say maybe they don't want to be seen as difficult, I mean that in the way of when you're going in for a job, you know that there's other people that are prospects that may get that job over you. And you don't want to seem like 
There's going to be something that prevents you from getting that job. And if it comes down to pay being the reason, you don't even want that to be uh, And it. I want to kill that before you continue to go down that route. I want to mm-hmm. kill that argument off the rip. Again, that's not understanding your worth, though. Of course it's that, not. That, so, of course so it's me, not. I'm not. I just want to put this, put this there, put this out there, though. If you're at the point that you're negotiating salary, they want you. Someone who's been out the workforce but, but, doesn't but know let, that. I'm going to do this for educational purposes. They want you, though. I'm not saying I'm educating you. I'm saying in general, if this is if anybody is listening, they're ever in that position. If if somebody is in the negotiation phase with you and talking about salary, they want you. That discussion is already taking place, and management has has said. Do whatever is necessary to bring this person along. What if there's two people that they they could see equally as like, we can choose this person or we can choose this person. And they ask, what are you looking to, to get? What what kind of salary are you looking to get? And the person who, who, and, and here's who wants where I'm the go, lower here's salary where I'm going. is where they end Hold up Hold on, going. here's where I'm going with that. I've been priced out of a salary before. like Because I've been the person that says, I want to make X, Y, Z amount of money. Mm-hmm. They said, well, we can't do that. And I said, well, it's been great talking to you. Mm-hmm. And do you know why I did that? Because I understand worth. my worth. I understand, and I didn't. That. I didn't mind if it was going to be like, okay, then I have to stay at this job that I don't like for X amount of time until then. Or if I didn't have a job and I was in between jobs, I'd still be like, well, fuck that. I know how much I'm worth, and I'm not going to go backwards. That's reality, man. You have to set that line. That. I think I think it's easy to say you have to set that line and you have to do that, especially if you already have a job, because it's a lot. No, I just said to you. Or I know you said or you just have. If to, you're in between jobs, I get you that. have to set that line. The reason why I'm saying you have to set that line is because the minute you go backwards, the minute you do that, you always keep yourself in that bubble. You cannot stay. In that bubble. You can't. For the purposes of my example of a single woman with kids, some people don't have those options. Okay. And I'm not saying, yes, you should just settle for what they give you and that's it and figure out your worth later. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is that it takes a lot of faith to step away from something Hoping and praying and wishing that you get something else soon. I understand that because you have two people but depending what, but, on you, but what and I'm, you and I, we but, don't but have what, that experience. I understand that portion okay. of it. I, I clearly can understand somebody having a family, etc. Et what I'm saying is, when you understand your worth, you will not put yourself in a position where you accept something that's below you. You just should never. Yeah, Period. you should never. Because knowing is half the battle. But the I guess the real question is how many people know their worth? Because I don't think it's just all these cases of people knowing their worth and they're just accepting it. And maybe that's what Shit. it could be. I think a lot of it is that. Not everyone can we be gotta, in a Joe we, Budden we, situation. No, but we... We have to share knowledge with one another in order... Like, America has a, a, a big issue with talking about salary in general. Like, we have a very hush-hush culture when it comes to money. You're right. And it's really weird because I, there is this perception that if I share how much money that I'm making, that I'm going to be 
either chastised. We're like secretly classist. Yes, it's weird, right? Which is probably a whole nother episode in itself. Well, it's interesting because in in England they can tell your class by how you talk. So there's no like hiding. It's like oh yeah, because they'd be like Cockney. So you're from this part of England and you are beneath me. And it's like a basically a flag that says this is where I stand in regards to you. It's the same way here. I don't know about that. Really? Just because you have a New York accent doesn't mean no, 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 no. Think about if somebody says, "Oh, that person sounds black." If somebody's ever able to do the quote unquote "that person sounds black" thing. Mm-hmm. The assumption is you don't have money. I'm not joking. No, I know what you're saying. Because we all we know do what that. sounds black sounds like. Right. We do that mm-hmm. as a culture. We do that to mm-hmm. people. I'm not saying that that shit's okay. And I hate that shit. I hate when people go, well, that person sounds white. Do you mean that person sounds like he's articulating himself? Like, what basically, the fuck is that supposed mean. to mean? Yeah, basically, that's what they mean. The fuck out of here. Anyway, let's go to do's and don'ts. We at that point? Yeah. Yeah. All right. You're you're the you're the do today. Yeah. I'm the do today. Oh my god. All right. Do your first do of the twenty eighteen. Oh my gosh, it better be special. I don't know if I've done this do and I didn't listen to all our episodes to now. But um guys, when it comes to women that you are dating, that you are courting, if people still do that, they do. Um, they do. I, I'm being, I'm being very. Oh, oh okay. Um, girls that you are dealing with, whatever label you want to put on it, because I know some guys just hate the label. Make your intentions known early on. Don't lead this girl down a rabbit hole to the point where you, she just doesn't really know what's going on, and then by that point, it's like. Um, oh, I thought we were this. So if you just want to cut, buddy, tell her. If you're looking to settle down within the next two years, tell her. But make that known. And when I say early on, I don't necessarily mean the first date, but hey, why not? So that at least at the end of the day, she knows where you stand. There's no guessing games. And she doesn't have to feel like she wasted her time. I had my own situation with a guy one time, and I, I will always respect this situation. We had gone on a couple dates, and he basically basically asked me what my intentions were with him. And I didn't have any intentions for him at the time because I was still figuring him out. He went on to tell me, because I asked him the same question back, that he was just looking for someone that he could chill and vibe with and, you know, be physical with from time to time, but just someone who he had a good time with. Very casual, nothing more than that. And I respected that. I respected the fact that he even took the time to have that conversation with me because I could then say, all right, that's not where I am. Or I could say, that's where I am too. And we can move accordingly. But right. if all that is like all up in the air and you're just swirling through the gray area sauce of everything, you're never gonna know where you stand and you're never gonna know how to move. And you might be wasting your damn time. So do let people know where you stand. All right, all right. Now it's time for done. Mm. We've done this in a while. That was good. So I don't I don't feel rusty. I feel like I'm coming oh, in twenty eighteen. Nice fresh. I'm Fresh Bryson. Ladies, 
My first don't of 2018 for the new season of the show. Don't, and I mean do not Duh. make New Year's resolutions that you aren't actually going to follow through with because there is no reason, there is no reason for there to be a resolution. Ultimately, any day of the week, any day of the year, you could have already been doing exactly what you said you was going to do. If you're talking about you was going to lose weight, girl, you could have been snatching your waistline four months ago. If you're talking about you going to go on more dates, girl, you could have been on Tinder forever ago. <laughs> If you're talking about I'm going to actually be on time for shit, you could have left the house early an hour ago. All I'm saying to y'all is stop lying to yourselves in 2018. Just be you. Mm. Follow through. Follow through and not necessarily with your resolution. Just follow through with the things in your mind that you know you need to correct because I know your friends keep telling you to stop. That's it. Sounds like a personal matter. (laughs) And that is our show. The beat is on. I'm probably off. Who cares? Always. Always. Whatever. New Year's same old. Y'all know y'all can catch us. You can catch us at Goodnight Harlem on Instagram, Twitter. Of course, follow us on SoundCloud. You can also uh, find us on iTunes or the Android Play Store. Google Play. Please, please, literally find us wherever you can. Um, This has been real, and good night. We out here.